0: For the first time since the 2005 and 2006 season, the New Jersey Devils are winners of 10 straight games. What was the good? What was the bad? And what is something that they need to work on going into the next game against the Toronto Maple Leafs? We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils. Your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. Oh, stepped got the puck, what a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup! All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked on Devils podcast here on Locked on Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. So for the first time since the 2005-2006 season, the New Jersey Devils are winners of 10 straight games. This is unbelievable. I don't know how much longer the streak is going to last. I'd say maybe another game or two because the New Jersey Devils are bound to lose at some point. But like I've been saying the past few episodes, uh, these games against the Coyotes, Senators, and Canadians, I projected for the New Jersey Devils to come out on the winning end for all three of those matchups just because they kind of worked into our favor. And I just said, like, look, once the Devils win 10 straight, I'm pretty set on that because th- this is amazing. Double-digit victories. I don't think anyone anticipated this going into the season. I certainly didn't. And we, for the first time in, like, over 16 years, the New Jersey Devils are winners of 10 straight. I don't know what's going on right now, but if I'm dreaming, please do not wake me up. Now – Before we talk about what's on the agenda for today's episode, I want to give a shout out because as a man of my word, I say, if you leave me a good review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show, I will give you a shout out on the show. So shout out to Magastrid99. This person said, Locked on Devils is my go-to pod for all news New Jersey Devils. His enthusiasm, energy, and knowledgeable is first rate. Keep it up, Trey. Really appreciate the kind words. It's a lot more fun to do the show now since the New Jersey Devils are actually winning games. And you know what? Let's get right into it. So what's on the agenda for today's show? We're going to talk about Vitek Vanacek and his overall heroic efforts in period number one. Then I'm going to talk about some of the questionable but still defendable uh, moves made by Lindy Ruff before the start of period number two. And then I'm going to throw it over to you guys in the final segment because I'm looking for something new to spice up this show. So I wanted to hear some of your suggestions in the comment section or via Twitter, whatever the case might be, because I just want to do something a little different with the show and I want to hear some Thoughts from you guys, my audience. So Vitek Vanacek, going into this game, guys, I had a little bit of my worries just because a couple games ago, he did get dinged up in in the game against the Ottawa Senators when he and Shabbat collided and Vitek Vanacek did suffer a head injury. I did say that the good news for Vanacek was that it didn't seem like it was concussion-like symptoms because... The trainers did check up on him after he was down on the ground. They had an entire intermission to see what the official assessment was. He did continue on in period number three. However, he was taken out. So a lot of people were concerned. But Lindy Ruff said, we're not concerned with Vitek Vanacek. And then in the game against the Arizona Coyotes, uh, they elected to start Akira Schmid just as a precautionary measure, which I felt as though was a smart move. But if we were to see Schmid in this game, quite honestly, I wouldn't mind it at all just because – I felt as though that this is a good opportunity for someone like Schmidt to get his uh, feet wet once again in the NHL and just let Vitek Vanacek take his time because we don't want to rush him back, especially from some sort of head injury. I don't know if it's a concussion or whatever case might be. Not a doctor, not going to pretend I, I am such, but you know, like I said, head injuries are very serious. So I was a little hesitant, but Vitek Vancheck, my hesitation went right out the window because in period number one, he was keeping the New Jersey Devils in the game because quite honestly, guys, and I think Ken Danico acknowledged it on air, it should have been a two nothing or a three nothing game because Montreal Canadians had a lot of great looks and the New Jersey Devils were playing a little sloppy with the puck. So you especially saw that during their first power play opportunity because on Jack uh, Hughes' stick, the puck was just slipping and sliding off of it and the New Jersey Devils were giving the Montreal Canadians a lot of good looks at one point Montreal Canadiens had a two-on-one opportunity. Thank God John Marino, once again, being the great defenseman he, he is, was able to pop the puck free and knock it away and help VTech check But overall, that cannot happen. So I'm glad that uh, the New Jersey Devils were able to tightrope out of that situation. But it's one of the things that I've been talking about with this overall streak. How long is it going to last? Because we're going to be playing the Toronto Maple Leafs in our next game. And I get that A lot of people might underestimate the Toronto Maple Leafs because quite honestly, they're not performing up to my standards as well, but still not a team that you want to sleep on. And, you know, the competition is just going to get tougher and tougher because the Toronto Maple Leafs just beat the Pittsburgh Penguins by a score of five to two. So I'm really looking forward to the matchup. I don't know how much longer the streak is going to last. I'm projecting anywhere from maybe a game to two more games. But overall, I'm just enjoying this 10 game win streak as a whole, just because I, I said I really hope the Devils reach ten games because once they do, I'm satisfied. And whatever happens after that, you know what? It was a it was a great ride. But overall, Vitek Vanacek was a hero in period number one. He kept it scoreless. He kept the New Jersey Devils in the game. And quite honestly, guys, Vitek Vancheck, I wish that he receives more attention outside the Devils organization because we know how great he is. But I just wish everyone else is more aware of what he is capable of doing because. Quite honestly, I didn't expect for Vitek Vanacek to be this good. I expected him to be solid going into the season, but overall he, he's continuing his uh, streak of just winning games and he is holding down the fort for new Jersey devils. And when Mackenzie Blackwood comes back, I'm sorry, but I guess Mackenzie Blackwood is going to have to be second fiddle towards VTech Vanacek. Now, I do want to talk about some of the, how would I say, donkeys in period number one. And early on in the game, I want to talk about Smith and Severson. It just, when we're talking about turning the puck over or when we're, when we're talking about not good execution, Smith and Severson are the epitome of that. Because at one point, the New Jersey Devils were trying to pass the puck up ahead, but Severson was taking his time. And the Devils were deep in their defensive end. So And coming in on the forecheck were the Montreal Canadiens. So it's just like get it out there like pass it right away well, why are you holding on to the puck and then he passes over to Smith Smith passes back to Severson it was a huge mess and at that point the Montreal Canadiens really could have scored on uh, the Devils in that sort of circumstance because they could just swipe the puck away and just try to score now i'm not sure if that was in period number 1 or period number 2 but it definitely caught my eye in terms of the overall effort put up by players like Severson and Smith and it raises the question what's going to happen to both of them well I'll save that topic for a full-fledged episode, but to give you my bit synopsis on those respective players, Severson needs to go. He needs to be traded. Come trade deadline. I don't I don't think we're going to get a good package for Damon Severson, but at the same time, the Devils, like Jersey Joe said in the latest episode in which we, we collaborated with the Brad Pack, the Devils have a lot of depth at the defensive position. You got Luke Hughes. You got Nikita Ohotuk. You got Riley Walsh. You got a lot of great. Oh, Shimon the Mets. I didn't even mention Shimon. So, Shimon the Mets is also in the pipeline as well. Uh, maybe Shakir Mukamadulin. It's been a while since I've said that name. But it's just like the Devils have a lot of depth at that defensive position. So, it's just like we don't need to be playing Smith and Severson all game long. Like, why can't we just make Smith a healthy scratch and give Kevin Ball a chance or a bigger chance if that makes sense? So, that's my overall mindset because. What I'm noticing early on in the game, yes, the New Jersey Devils are able to clean up their act as the game progresses, but it's plays like from Severson and Smith that really just make me worry a little bit because when they're being sloppy, when they're turning the puck over, it just seems like it's hard for them to redeem themselves because for the most part, we remember the, the bad they do, but we, don't, but we don't really talk about the good because they don't redeem themselves. And – Jack Hughes in this game was able to redeem himself because I just mentioned how sloppy he was during the first power play opportunity for the New Jersey devils. And in the second power play opportunity, it wasn't any better until he was able to score because at one point he was taking shots that were going horribly awry. And I'm just like, Jack, what are you doing? Like your aim is really off, but he was able to silence it. And then, then he scored again later on in the game and he was close to getting a hat trick. So he had two goals in period number two. So someone like Jack Hughes, it would be a little more forgiving For Brendan Smith and David Severson if they found ways to redeem themselves, but they really don't. And I'll give credit when credit is due. Smith did try to score in this game, and he did have a few opportunities, but that's just one example of many. So it's like, we don't need to be playing Brendan Smith every single game. And I said it when we first got him. I didn't anticipate for him to be an everyday player. I expected for him to be a healthy scratch for a decent amount of games and give some of our young guys a chance. I was questioning... Why we got Brendan Smith in the first place, especially since Nikita Hotuk was able to do somewhat respectable in the few NHL games he was given. Or we still have Riley Walsh. You got Luke Hughes. You got Shimon the Mets. You got so many young guys in that pipeline. Why did we need to go out and get Brendan Smith? That, for what? Veteran backup? You already got Andre Palat and Eric Hala. So I was a little confused about the overall acquisition of Brendan Smith. And for Damon Severson, I love him and all. He's, he can provide great offense. Uh, for our blue line, but at the same time, it's just like Damon Severson, there's just he's just not better than the person in front of him, and there are more of liabilities out there. So I just wanted to say that that was my overall reaction early on in the game. Now we're gonna get into some more questionable moves by Lindy Roth momentarily, but before we continue with today's show, I want to get you hyped to betonline.net. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and eSports, we've got it all for BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find all those at Line as well. We're always the fastest and easy way to get all your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly. And visit our friends at Bets for all your betting needs there as well. And now... Let me get you hip to Simply Safe. So, did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and packages theft spike nationally? That doesn't just happen in home alone. That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. So, once again, the things you see in Home Alone, they happen in real life too. So you got to be prepared. So, in an emergency, 24 7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss out on this chance to say big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash on NHL. This is their biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. That's com slash locked on NHL. There's no place like Simply Safe. Okay, so let's switch gears. And we talked about some questionable decision making from the players. Let's talk about some of the questionable decision making from the coaching staff once again. So I'm I'm not saying this was a bad idea from Lindy Ruff. Some people might have been a little confused as to why he decided to roll out with this line at the beginning of period number two, but I think I have a educated guess as to why he did it. So for the second period, according to Amanda Stein, here was the line combinations that Lindy Ruff was rolling with. So Tatar, Heischer, and Zetterlin on the first line, Halla, Hughes, and Mercer on the second, Sharon Govich, Boquist, and brat on the third line, Wood, McLeod, and Bash on the fourth line. So that line stayed intact, but the questionable moves was like, wait, why are we moving Brat to the bottom six? Why is Tatar playing on the top line? You know, I'm sure a lot of people have those sort of questions. And by the way, Tatar could have uh, extended his point streak to eight games. I just want to give credit there. Unfortunately, uh, his goal was waved off because I guess he was off sides, but it was really close. It took the referees a while to make that decision. But shout out to Tomas Tatar because I'm sure a lot of people aren't realizing his true impact. And I just wanted to give credit where credit is due. But digressing a little bit your question a lot of people were questioning including myself saying like lindy they just of uh, the fan base just apologized to you why are you rolling out with this line combination well here's my educated guess as to why he decided to to do what he did so for hughes mercer and Halla, i think the the goal was to try to give Halla, for once a, a golden opportunity to try to score once again because holla's had a lot of chances to find the back of the net in fact he had another chance tonight in which he was actually about to celebrate unfortunately he missed it by just the sliver of daylight. And unfortunately he wasn't able to get his first one of the season. And you know, he's yearning for it. But the one thing I talk about Jack Hughes is that he knows how to make the people around him better. So it doesn't just work into the benefit of Eric Halla, It works into the benefit of someone like Dawson Mercer, because this might surprise you guys, but according to Christy Flannery going into the matchup, Dawson Mercer, Yegor Sharangovich and Brendan Smith are the only three players to not collect a point over the past five games. So you look at Bashan, he has four points, Graves has three, Hamilton has five, Brant has three, Tatar has seven, Wood has six, so, and Zetterland has four. So one of the things I talked about in our win against the Columbus Blue Jackets not too long ago, I said our third line was the only line to not really be productive against our big win against the Columbus Blue Jackets in which the New Jersey Devils were able to come out on the winning end, I believe like 7-1. to one. These scores are meshing together, guys. I'm just trying to remember from the top of my head. But On that third line, you had Sharon Govich, you had Mercer, and you had Boquist. And once again, during that win, they were the only line to really not contribute any sort of way to that big win. So I think in this matchup, going into the second period, Lindy Ruff was like, okay, Sharon Govich doesn't have a point. Mercer doesn't have a point. Smith doesn't have a point, but we already talked about his sort of circumstance. So I think the goal was to try to get some more production out of Dawson, Mercer. And Yegor Sharangovich. So you put Hughes, Mercer and Halla on the same line. So that way you could try to give Halla a goal. Maybe you could get Mercer going a little bit because Mercer was actually able to collect a, a couple points this game because he assisted on Jack Hughes's goal. And then he assisted on Jesper Brad's goal, albeit in kind of indirectly. I'll talk about that momentarily, but still. At the end of the day, Mercer was able to walk away with a couple points. Eric Halla had a few uh, scoring chances once again, and maybe it was just trying to pair him with the right guy so that way they could find the back of the net. So putting Hughes, Halla, and Mercer on the same line that could have paid some dividends because going into the matchup, Halla was on the third line and he was the center alongside with Mercer and Boquist. and that wasn't going to get the job done. And then on the flip side of that when talking about why is Jesper Bratt on the bottom six? Look, I, I I must admit, Jesper Bratt is leading our team in points, and I don't think there's any circumstance where your, your top guy should be on your bottom six. But I think in this case, it kind of plays into what I just said about Jack Hughes and the overall circumstance of pairing him alongside Hala and Mercer. is to get Boquist and Sharon Govich going as well because – Boquist, uh, the last few games for New Jersey Devils, only has one point in the last five games. And once again, Sharon Govich has nothing. So you're trying to get more production out of those guys as well. So And maybe giving Jesper Bratt the chance to sort of be a leader on that line could help. Look, I get a lot of people are confused. I'm just making an educated guess. That's my overall mindset. So the New Jersey Devils were able to come away with the win, and they actually played better in periods two and three. So I think it kind of did work in that sort of circumstance. Are they going to roll with that same line combination come next game against the Toronto Maple Leafs? Absolutely not. But you can afford to do something like that against the Montreal Canadians because they're a rebuilding team. I get that they were on a three-game win streak heading into the matchup. But at the same time, it's just like the New Jersey Devils, I felt as though they had more of the momentum. Because we've obviously won nine games in a row. And at the end of the day, like – Yes, the Montreal Canadiens are performing well, but at the same time, they're still young. They're still going to make mistakes, and the New Jersey Devils are going to do whatever it takes to just try to get that 10th win. So you do it against a team like the Montreal Canadiens, a team that is bound to crash and burn, and maybe you'll get better results that time around. So that's my overall uh, mindset as to why Lindy Ruff did it. I'll admit I was confused at first, but then once I just put two and two together and just said, okay these players don't really have that high point production. Maybe pairing them alongside with a couple of our best players on the roster, maybe you could get the most out of them in that sort of way. Okay, so to close out this show, I'm going to give you guys my overall reactions to the game itself, and then I'm going to throw it over to you guys. So the after the first two periods of play, the Canadians' top line credited uh, with only one shot on goal. So the grit and determination from the New Jersey Devils was certainly there. So shutting down Cole Caulfield was big for them. At one point, uh, the Canadiens had an open breakaway opportunity, but what did John Marino do? He was able to dive onto the ground, not get a tripping call, not get an interference call, and just knock the puck on loose. So another great defensive effort from John Marino. And quite honestly, guys, John Marino, I, I just can't just I can't preach this enough. He has been huge for the New Jersey Devils, and he is one of the anchors as to why the New Jersey Devils are on this lengthy uh, 10-game win streak. So this game, like like a lot of other games for the New Jersey Devils, it got off to a pretty slow start. And I'll admit, I was a little nervous in period number one. But Vitek Vancek just showing the consistency once again, just showing why he should be the starting goalie. And you know what? He is, even if he isn't in consideration for the Vezna Trophy at all, which I don't anticipate for him to be in, he is still our Vezna caliber goalie. And quite honestly, I, I B Tech Bancheck has performed way better than I anticipated. So th- this game for New Jersey Devils was just a an overall it, it it wasn't perfect, but as it progressed, it got better. You saw Jack Hughes; he was able to get two goals in period number two, and then I want to talk about Jesper Bratt's uh, goal because it was an interesting one. And like I said, I, I'll talk about it since um, since I did mention it early on in the show. So. Uh, Mercer tried getting the goal then Hughes came in on the rebound trying to get the goal on Allen and then Brad just came in and was able to like I guess hit it off his behind the hit it off of Allen's behind and it found the back of the deck because I'm just like wait how did that go in because and I'm just like well if you first don't succeed try try again so first Mercer with a shot attempt Jack Hughes on the rebound attempt didn't work and then uh it just went over to Jesper Bratt and he was able to locate it off the off the behind of, J- of Allen, and it found the back of the net. So <laughs> that, that was actually really funny and, uh, and, so, and very entertaining. So once again, Mercer able to walk away with a couple points. Jack Hughes, he was on the uh, hat trick uh, watch. And uh, during the empty netter, I thought he was definitely going to get it. Unfortunately, he missed it. He missed the empty netter by just that much. And he tried so hard to get the empty netter same with Eric Halla because you got Jack Hughes trying to get the hat trick you got Eric Halla trying to get his first goal of the season and they're just scrambling to find a puck it was just like basically a little bit of a dog battle but Montreal Canadiens just uh, knew how to shut down the New Jersey Devils in that sort of way for the first time in a good in a good while but it was too little too late but nonetheless John Marino was able to get the empty netter goal he didn't celebrate or anything uh, as they acknowledged on air because it was just like yo yeah empty netter cool so I love that uh, overall effort from John Marino, but this game as a whole for the New Jersey Devils, like I just mentioned, slow start, but they picked it up, and uh, some questionable moves by Lindy Ruff, but it worked. He took a risk, and it panned out actually better than uh, I think uh, a, a lot of people anticipated. And once again, I can't um, I, I, I can't say as to whether or not he made those moves strictly just for um, just for the reasons I said. I was basically just making an educated guess, and I was just sharing my thoughts as to why that might have been in that sort of circumstance. But uh, let's compare the overall stats, and I'll give a letter grade, and then once again, I'll turn it over to you guys. So shots on goal differential, 39 to 26 in favor of the Devils. I believe the Canadians had 15 shots on goal in period number one alone. So the New Jersey Devils really picked it up as the game progressed if you needed some more proof. So face-off percentage, 55% to 45% in favor of the Canadians. Power play opportunity. New Jersey Devils were 1 for 2. Canadians were 0 for 2. So Devils, thanks to Jack Hughes, were able to get the power play goal, and he needed a little bit of redemption after playing a little sloppy with the puck in period number 1. Hits 25 to 10 in favor of the Canadians. Blocks 22 to 21 in favor of the Canadians. Giveaways. Canadians led that department 21 to 18. So if I had to give a letter grade for New Jersey Devils, I'm going to give them just a solid B because they did blow out the Canadians 5 to 1, but same time, period number 1, wasn't really all that good but uh it they once again they just got better as the game went on so that's my final letter grade I'm going to give them a b and like I said the New Jersey Devils have just set the bar so high never thought I would say that this sentence uh, this um this year the standards are rising a little bit in terms of their overall effort but b is still good now turning over to you guys before I sign off so um for my third and final segments of each show i'm looking to just do something how would i say this more consistent so as you guys know for post-game recaps usually i give you guys final thoughts and then i give you a final letter grade but i decided you know what let's have a little bit more fun with it so wh- what do i mean by that well is there something you want me to do pretty much every episode so is is there a segment that comes to mind so like for example do you want me to do a twitter reaction segment where maybe i find a tweet maybe i find a hot take a question whether it's uh random on new jersey devils twitter or you just ask me directly and i respond to it on the show do you want me to say hey who, who is my player of the week however it could i'm a little hesitant to do that kind of segment because i feel as though that could get a little redundant because you might just keep hearing the same names as the as the season progresses. So honestly, I'm a little hesitant to do something like that just due to the redundancy, or uh, maybe you want me to do my three stars of the game after each game. But like I said, that could also get a little redundant because, and I, I think of this circumstance, where if the New Jersey Devils get shut out a game and it's like four nothing, then who's the star? Really nobody is the star for a New Jersey Devils. And you gotta factor in three stars of the game could be anyone from any team um so basically are there any so basically my question to you guys is and leave a comment down below on youtube hit me up on my personal twitter page or the show's twitter page and just give me your thoughts what are some things you want to see me do on this show i just need some ideas and then i'll try to experiment with it and then uh i'll stick to what i like but yeah i just wanted to give you guys that overall uh, opinion because you guys are a big part of my show because without your listenership without your viewership there really is no show so Just wanted to hear from you guys. So as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Once again, 10 straight games for the We Believe Devils.